Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way Podcast. This is the very first episode of 2023, and I have someone on that I've wanted to have on for, well, since I started this, and the timing worked out to make it so. Uh, as you know, a lot of what I talk about on here is uh, based off of creativity, comes from the soul, sacral energy. Um, I think that creativity and the creation of art is necessary for the advancement of humanity. I also think that it is a third way into itself and an essential part of consciousness. I would go as far as to say is that often when people struggle with consciousness, it's because they haven't accessed their heart or their feminine which is where creativity, the womb of the soul is. So with all of that, speaking wombs as of wombs of souls, I am joined by my son, Caden Foster, famously known as Reluctant Hobo on Instagram. Famous. Well, you got more followers than I do, like <laughs> seven times. You're more famous than me. So welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, quite an introduction. I, I feel uh, honored to be here. I do. I appreciate you taking the time yourself to, to do this. And uh, I didn't know it was the first podcast of 2023 too. That is so correct. Yeah. Cool. Happy to be here. Good. Yeah. So um, have you ever done a podcast before? No. Uh, this year, like most of my audience members never have. And really? I, I think it's good that they have fun. Like at the end, they're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> well, it's just a conversation. I mean, you, you and I talk all the time. Yeah. So right. I'm, I'm trying to focus on that. I don't, just happy to be here. I'm I'm uh, excited to to talk about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, so this is kind of an overall topic of art and life. Um, I think a lot of people think that art is something you do after you work. Like mm-hmm. they think of it as like a, you know I need to be more creative or I have cr- side projects that are creative. And you know some backstory to your journey that you know obviously I experienced as your dad is that um, you know you I think you you've always been creative, but when did you start painting skateboard decks? Was that still when we lived in Caldwell, Idaho? Yeah. 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 I, cause I wanted to be a skateboarder more than I wanted to be an artist, Right, but <laughs> that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I not too fond of breaking my wrists or hands or ankles or whatever. Right. It's a lot safer to, to paint, but no, yeah, I, I think I started painting those. I was probably like 14 mm-hmm. or 15, but yeah, I, I was drawing, I've been drawing my entire life, I think, from from what I yeah, can remember. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah. It's the only thing that ever, like, you know, captivated my attention, right. even in school. So, <laughs> yeah, no, nothing else was as important to that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I remember, you know, we moved here when you were 16, I think, just, just to turn 16. And mm-hmm. um, you, you know, you really went all in, and, you know, with your art. And it's been an interesting journey because you know, you did the, you, you, you graduated from high school, online high school and you're, and then you were like, I'm going to just focus on the art. I'm going to focus on being an artist. And your mom and I were very supportive of that. Um, yeah. because you know, we, we, we want you, wanted you and Logan and now, um, Virginia and I want this with Andre is you should, you should, the job of a parent is to help a child find out who they are and then go be that in the world. Mm-hmm. And you had the advantage of, learning that pretty young as far mm-hmm. as who you were, you know, in the process. Anyway, I can't remember, but it seems like it was the first art you sold for like a decent amount that was it Biggie to the realtor? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I yeah. remember delivering it to him to him because you didn't have a driver's license yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That was that was pretty insane. That was 
I think it was five hundred dollars. I think so too. I'll take that now. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that blew my mind because yeah. I mean, I think the the one previous to that, I think it was like seventy five dollars. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that was that. It really, yeah. I remember you getting back in the car and I can't remember if he Venmoed you back then or something. It wasn't cash, but anyway, and you said, and you said, I can't believe I could, I could get paid to do this. Hmm. And I, you worked a couple of jobs in retail and that sucked. And well, I still, I still like going back to what you said, I still feel that way. I can't believe I get paid to do this. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. Which I think is a, it's a good thing. That's a yeah. good, like, um, sort of mindset to carry forward no right. matter how successful or how rich you get in anything. Um, I think if you're doing the thing that you love to do, then yeah, it's, it's kind of a bewilderment as to how you even get to do this in the first place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I tried to work it. I tried to work at normal, normal jobs, uh, GameStop and then like a clothing store. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was awful. Yeah. I remember <laughs> I, that. I worked at GameStop cause I was like, Oh, it's GameStop. I get to talk about video games and, uh, you know, there's no dress code, but I was wrong. There is a, you, I was forced to wear a tie <laughs> at GameStop. That. GameStop, right. So, <laughs> Cause yeah. that's what gamers want. Exactly. Um, do you mind if I tell the story about when we went to the, uh, went out to dinner and talked about art, like when you were around 17? I don't remember the oh. story. So go for that's, it. Well, I think about it often because it was like, damn, that was good advice I gave you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we, it, it was, I think you were 17 or 18 and it was like, you were, you were really serious about it, about art. And I think you'd started to actually sell more. Mm-hmm. And so as I do with y'all, you guys, I took you to dinner and we talked and I, and I said, there were three things that I told you um, or shared with you. One was, I said, you have to, um, you have to work on you in order to be an artist. Mm. You have to work on yourself, you know, you know, try to stay in some decent shape mentally, physically, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is, is never get complacent, mm. like always push the edge. And I know that Emily, my former business partner, gave you the same advice mm-hmm. um, right around that same time. But the third thing I told you was why I talk about art and life. And the third thing I said is I asked you, I said, what's your plan B? And you said, I don't know, retail. And you kind of, you were very uncomfortable with the question and you kind of teared up and you said, I don't have a plan B. And then I, at that time, I didn't use a lot of profanity with you, but I think it was the first time I said it this way. I said, because there is no fucking plan B mm. there. You got to burn the boats mm-hmm. if you're going to be an artist. Yeah. Um, and I said, that means being willing to be poor on occasion. Yep. Um, that's also advice that I tell other people when they ask about being an artist is that's one of the first things I say is you have to be willing to, to be poor. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause it's a, that's a thing. It's a, it's a definitely a real thing. And you have to, you know, Stephen Pressfield, who we both love talks about with resist the resistance and, and, you know, our wiring for, you know, art goes against our wiring for both survival and acceptance, mm. you know, um, and to be an artist mm-hmm. does. Um, so, you you have a very unique perspective because you've been doing this since you were, you know, 14 years old and you do it for a living. Um, and some months it's a nice living uh, yeah. that you, that you do. And um, I'll be linking to your stuff in the show notes and I'll show a picture, a feature of a uh, piece of art that um, you've, you've done. Mm-hmm. So on this art and life thing, I, there are three questions that I wanted us to answer, to talk through. Um, and so you and I have other than DNA, some things in common. We both have ADHD. We both are what are called highly sensitive persons, HSPs. 
which basically means we just have way more sensitive inputs. So we get overwhelmed um, and we start to shut down and we tend to overstimulate with coffee or whatever. Um, and we tend to struggle with sleep. We tend to struggle with executive function sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have more because of my own work, more regulated ADHD, but the HSP, you really can't regulate you, mm-hmm. the, the, the response. You can only regulate the environment. So I'm curious about how does overwhelm that let's call that general sense. You call it stress or pressure, or just like your, your, there's something called the window of tolerance. Have you heard of that? No. So it's a psychological term for basically how much shit you can handle. Mm. And the window of tolerance for those of us that have HS or HS peers and ADHDers, and in my case, a childhood trauma survivor, that window of tolerance can be very low. Mm-hmm. And when that window of tolerance is triggered, it's basically we drop out of any sort of creative creative state because mm-hmm. we're just trying not to die, like to our brain. Yeah. Um, you know, creativity is a little higher up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's beyond like, you know, eat and protect yourself and reproduce, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the question is, is how does overwhelm affect creativity for you? And how do you get out of it? How do you, when you feel like you sort of get to this, like, fuck this mindset, like, you know, I was exhausted or, or overwhelmed. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you get out of it? Well, I mean, the first question was not how you get out of it, but right. it was, yeah. What, how does it affect you? And yeah. then how do you get out of it? Yeah. Well, you know, I think, um, cause yeah, I, I, I do get overwhelmed, um, somewhat easily, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, again, being highly sensitive that, that is a, that doesn't help it. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think that there's moments when, um, I'm working or I'm painting or I'm making something where it doesn't matter how overwhelmed I am on the outside when I am sort of in it, mm-hmm. um, I forget about everything. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main reasons why I got in, like, it was so like, that was one of the main reasons that it was so like painting and making stuff was so attractive to me. Even back then was like, you know, I had just this insane, um, cycle of of uh noise in my head Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things that like shut it up for the first time um and so in some cases painting can very much or just making um can very much uh quiet and help that overwhelm overwhelmedness um but you know it it it, sometimes sometimes it it's hard because it's um that sort of the external situations in life can um can add to that Mm -hmm. um and and i i know i know that um all too well Mm -hmm. um but it doesn't really i don't know uh, creativity you said how does it affect your creativity but like i don't creativity is is a hard thing to rely on Mm -hmm. um if you can't it's not a reliable thing it's the same thing in in my opinion as as um motivation mm-hmm. or inspiration you can't rely on it if, right. you, if you try to rely on it um you're going to be disappointed yeah um, so is that like just i mean i don't want to put words in your mouth but like sit down and do the work like get in your studio and pick up the brush yeah and I, get to work yeah it, it depends it depends because it's like you you have to i think you got to be in tune with your with your mind and mm-hmm. your body and your heart and like what you need um and some a lot of the times that that overwhelming feeling can be solved by sitting down and doing the work and mm-hmm. and making something. Um, uh, but sometimes you know I don't I don't paint every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so yeah, it's, 
it's a it's a tough question yeah um it, yeah i mean how do you, how do you deal with that well you know my my creative gift is communication written written and verbal communication and you know doing things like podcasts or speaking i seriously could do with a you know a I've done it with the like raging migraine on no sleep, Mm -hmm. but writing, which is more what I do now is always hard. It's always like leg day in the gym for me. Now I, some, I've got new methods that I do now with writing. Um, I don't, I I don't, I try to do the next thing. Like I create that. I I hand write the outline Mm -hmm. and I see how that feels. Yeah. If that energizes me, then I, I, then I'm like, okay, I have something. And I remember that. So like this week's essay is on in, being intimidating, mm-hmm. uh, realize, realizing I'm intimidating. And that came to that idea came to me yesterday. And so in my solitude time, I wrote out what I thought what the outline would be. So when I sat down to write today, mm-hmm. it wasn't that, you know, because overwhelm affects executive function, which affects decision-making, I didn't have to decide what I was going to write about. Yeah. And that's like 75% of the battle. Yeah. Um, it's like, I knew I was going to write and I had to write, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't relying on executive function. I was relying on rhythm really. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is those of us with ADHD is, you know, if people don't know, is like, you know, everybody's got two parts to their brain, which is like information or knowledge. And then you have like execution mm-hmm. and dopamine's the mixer. But if you have ADHD, you have low dopamine and you can't mix those. There's not enough to mix the two. So you can have all of this information, all of these plans and lists and things you want to do. And we're really good at sort of like mapping out what we think we want to do, you know, habit wise. But when it comes to executive function, it's really difficult. And so there's like basic things like sleep hygiene, Mm -hmm. um, nutrition, um, staying, um, staying you know, staying away from things that affect my, uh, my brain chemistry. Like, yeah. like I think I'm on day eight of no bread. Mm. Um, and that helps immensely mm. I don't, with, with things and we'll take care of the, the foundational needs of, of yourself. Yeah. Your yeah. Well, which includes then like meditation because mm. medit basically what I'm saying is, is that I do things in advance of creating that, um, expand my window of tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have your ability though, which is yeah. I don't, I, once I get into writing, I, I get kind of, I'm in it. I don't know what time it is and everything, but it takes, it's so hard to get there for me mm-hmm. in, with writing. Um, but I do know how to work on my window of tolerance. And so that I, you know, I've written uh, an essay almost every week since the first week of January, 2020, mm-hmm. you know, I think I've missed a few here and there, but um, you know, the, and there's a book out of the first <laughs> of 2021, 2020 and 2021's essays called Essays from a Pandemic, linked in the show notes. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's how I handle overwhelm. And I think this is something that most artists, most people that don't really understand art, they that I kind of put, put it into the group of people that think that they think of art as like an athletic ability. Mm. Like, like it's just some people have it and some people don't. Yeah, yeah. And I don't agree with that. I think we're all artists. Yeah, I don't agree with that either. It's all, we just got to find our thing, mm. you know, whatever it is. But but that goes back to, you know, art in life and that that for you, those aren't separate things. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's your job, it's your passion, it's your mission. Yeah. And your partner is also an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an amazing artist. Yeah. Um, and so that's part of, you know, it's it's like, it's part of your life. And 
So the second question is pretty heavy and you know, in advance, I was going to ask this, but you, what I'm, what I'm curious about, and if you prefer, I tell part of the story then I can tell it, or you can tell it mm-hmm. of, you know, you basically had, were forced to take a break or needed to take a break from making art for a, a really horrific, horrific reason. Yeah. And, and you share whatever you feel like sharing about it. But the question behind that is how do you, how do you create again how do you get back to a place of creativity after a tragedy yeah well i i feel like to give some sort of context um to 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 what i'm about to say um just to make it more clear um Mm -hmm. yeah so in um uh this last march um my my partner my girlfriend um she lost uh both of her parents and her sister um, in an accident, uh, after they had seen, just had seen us, um, for a, for a spring break vacation. And honestly, it's hard to even say those words without my, without breaking down completely. Sure. Um, because it, it, it fundamentally changed literally everything. Mm -hmm. Um, it, everything was different. Um, reality, the reality that we had known, um, the reality that I, that both Madison and I, um, had kind of felt that we were kind of, we were finally for the first time, sort of like doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought we were kind of figuring it out and, you know, she, she had just moved to Austin and, um, everything that we had known, um, was kind of taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was immensely hard, um, m- more hard than I can even, I, it, it's, it, it's so much that, you know, words can't even do any of it justice to how difficult it's been for her and her family, um, for anyone that was connected, um, to, to these people, because they were very, very special. They are. Um, and you had to physically leave Austin. Yeah. 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 I had to, um, yeah, we, cause she, she's from Nebraska. Um, and so we had to go back. Um, and, and so what was the question again? It was it like, was, how do you, how do you, you know, tragedy that that's, there's not much worse than that tragedy wise. And yet you still are creative and you're a creator and you're, this is still your living. Yeah. And you, you were gone. I mean, you left in March and you got back, I think right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I know you were able to get some projects while you were there, yeah. which is amazing. And that amazing that you got them and amazing that you were able to do them. Yeah. Um, and so there's something there of, of how do you take, maybe the question really is, is how do you take, uh, how do you turn tragedy or grief into art? Is it, is it a form of conversion for you? Oh, absolutely. I, this is the thing, like, um, I, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I put it in the same like category of needs as like eating or Mm -hmm. sleeping. Um, and I think if you're, I think if you're, uh, if you're called to do this, if you're called to be, um, some sort of, some sort of a creator, um, an an artist, um, whether that's a painter or a musician or a a writer, um, if you are really called to do this, um, you have to, it's, there's no other way. Um, and the thing is, is like, I, I really, without hesitation, I, I put everything mm-hmm. on the back burner because at the moment it didn't matter. Right. My projects didn't matter. Right. Um, like how I was going to make money didn't matter. Um, 
nothing mattered except for Madison. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing mattered except getting her back to her hometown and getting her back to um, her, her uh, family. And, um, and I knew that. And I just, I didn't, I I really no thought in my mind was like, how am I going to, what am I going to like, what about my projects? Like, I just didn't, Right. it was no, there was no thought in my head that, that, that um, I had towards that. I, um, because again, I, you know, I, I love painting and I love art, but I, I love Madison more. Right. Um, and I, when something like this happens, it was just something that I knew this is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I would eventually sometime, and I didn't know when I would sometime get back to those projects. I would get back to my art and, you know, we did, um, because th- there was a, a certain point when we were in Nebraska, um, that I, like I said, I had to, I had to make, um, I had to do something, mm-hmm. um, cause, uh, it's again, it, like you said, it's, a, it's conversion. I had to take some of that pain mm-hmm. and, um, and, and turn it into something else. Um, yeah. cause sitting with it and just, and being with it. And some people, some people can, and some people grieve differently. And, and the, I had the idea like on the drive, on the drive to Nebraska, I had the idea to paint a mural of all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I was kind of naive in thinking that I could do that while I was there, mm-hmm. <laughs> considering how tremendous the grief and loss was and right. how hard everything was going to be. I, I was naive in thinking that I could, I could, you know, <laughs> just sort of without thinking, like, I could just put up a giant mural of them. Absolutely. But you know, it's something that I know Madison and I will go back to Nebraska to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, I have to do something with mm-hmm. my hands. I have to make, I have to make stuff in order to, to be remotely happy. Um, it's the only way I know. Yeah. Um, and the only, that's the only way I know how to deal with, um, this amount of emotion and this amount of pain mm-hmm. and, um, loss and grief. And it, it, that is to turn it into, uh, into art. Yeah. What you, thank you for sharing all that. And yeah. what you've, figured out that I think a lot of artists haven't, maybe they haven't figured it out because you hear about like Eric church has a song called um, a mistress named music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that we, you know, the, the topic here is art and life, mm-hmm. not art is life mm-hmm. because if art was life, then it would have been difficult to make that decision. And you would have, you know, had a lack of prior priorities. And I, I was there when I was younger, when you were a kid, it's like, I, my art, I guess at the time, my creative expression was trying to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, and a writer ish back then. I mean, I wrote a book or a couple books, but I didn't feel, didn't consider myself a writer until you know, recently. Mm-hmm. And it is like, I had my priorities out of whack, you mm-hmm. know, with that. Um, and, and I think that's remarkable. And I think that the, uh, the ability or that maybe the, maybe it's a self awareness of that this was going to be the I'll put it this way that art as far as I can tell in observing you is it's 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 it puts you in a different world but it's not an escape it's not escapism it's not a dis- distraction from reality it's just a different place that you go to it's yeah it's a different it's like a way to cope with reality <laughs> yeah um, I mean it. it it can be an escape though. Um, like, but uh, what I mean by escape is like escapism, like a, um, where it's where you don't want to just, you, you see this with artists, like especially musicians mm-hmm. or actually any, any artist that's 
got like some unresolved trauma is they, it's like somebody said this about, about Prince, mm-hmm. that Prince didn't know who he was when he wasn't on stage. Hmm. Um, and that sort of on stage where your identity is the art itself. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it an escape because mm-hmm. you can get on the stage and all your problems go away. Yeah. You know, um, and, but you don't seem to use art as that kind of a, escape. I don't know. Sometimes I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it's a good escape sometimes, mm. you know? Um, yeah, but for the most part, I, I do agree with you. I don't, I don't fully use it for that, you know, but um, I mean, you, you don't use writing or anything like that. I mean, any sort of escape. I used to use speaking as an escape as sort of like a affirmation chamber or mm. validation thing. Yeah. Like, you know, people tell me it was, Oh, you're a great speaker. Best speech I've ever had. And when I, you know, growing up where no one ever complimented me on anything ever, that was very, yeah, it was pretty addicting actually. And, um, but I don't, I don't use art now, um, that way. Um, I use art to process. I mean, most of my writing is from only my experience. Yeah. You know, like, like basically if you go back and look at all of my essays there, I don't write about stuff. I haven't experienced. I don't, I mean, I, I, I theorize some, but it's theorizing from my own experience, mm-hmm. you know, similar to like Tim Ferriss doesn't write about stuff he hasn't actually done, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't have, this is, you know, usually in this format, I, you answer the, the guest answers the question and I do. I don't, there's no comparison. I've never experienced anything like you experienced, you and Madison experienced. And, all I can say to that from my perspective is um, I, you know, I've been through some shit, you know, with um, my, from my childhood and then, you know, things that have happened over the last decade in particular, mm-hmm. last five or six years. And I got a lot of inner demons that I'm still learning how to regulate. Um, but I never had to do that. And yeah. I think that's why I wanted to ask that question. And, you know, part of that is you're doing basically you're almost like a like a reset from a business standpoint. You're having a, you know, you, you, it doesn't seem like you've lost maybe much of a following. You know, as your as your unofficial brand coach, yeah. I monitor your number of followers on occasion, and and <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's where you got me. Yeah. Um, but you, but as far as like business, you you you're having to restart, correct? Uh as much as you want to share about that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, it's a little bit of a restart. Um, uh, but the thing is, you know, this, this past year and, and, and dealing with, to be quite honest with you, literally the worst thing I think that can happen to most people, um, it puts things into perspective. Um, it makes things really, really clear. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is a little bit of a reset, um, the fact that I had to put all of my projects on hold and thankfully like the clients that I, I had, um, who, who have been waiting this whole year, um, were beyond generous That's with amazing. their time or yeah, generous, not only with like financially, but they were generous, um, yeah, with their time, they were, they were patient and they were understanding. And to be honest, you kind of would have to be kind of a dick to, to not be understanding, but still, but still that they didn't have to be, um, they could have been impatient and, sort of breathing down my neck to get it done. Um, but all of them, every single one of them, um, they, they, yeah, they were kind, um, and sincere and it made all of it, um, more tolerable. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that, but 
you know, like it was a, a bit of a reset because, you know, coming back, I had, you know, while I was in Nebraska, I had to take on commissions, more commissions and more projects because the, again, life doesn't really give a shit um, what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the world keeps spinning, uh, bills keep coming in. Um, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so that's really, that was, a, that was another sort of hard aspect of all this too, is like, you just had to kind of figure it out. And, um, you know, before all this, I was doing fairly okay. You know, like you said, it's a, it's a feast or famine kind of job, um, where there are months where I'm, I'm doing fantastic and there are months where I'm not. And, uh, having to step away from my studio and having to step away from all these projects. Um, yeah, it definitely, uh, my, my financials and everything kind of took a really big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to what I was going to say is again, like everything is put into perspective and mm-hmm. this is one of those things. Um, it is a bit of a reset, but I can change it. Mm-hmm. I, there, there's actually a solution to this. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas um, the shit that, we had to go through, um, mm-hmm. there is no fixing, right? There's no way to fix it. There's no solution. Right. Um, and so that's the sort of clarity I'm talking about is it, it puts into perspective what, um, what can be, what, what can be fixed. Yeah. Um, and yeah. this is one of those things. Uh, and I know I'll get back, um, to where I want to be. Um, uh, but really I'm just focusing, I'm focusing on the art. I'm focusing yeah. on, um, making every piece that I'm working on, I'm focusing on making it um, the best that I can make it. Right. And you, you know, that focus on the art is, you know, a mantra that you've said to me and, and your, your other, those of us in the family and friends and everything, it's kind of your, your, your mantra. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is that people, again, that are not artists, they think art as unstable. Um, well, all of life is unstable. Yeah, you know, true. it's it's massively volatile. There's a term uh, called VUCA, which is volatility, uncertainty, chaos, and ambiguity. Hmm. Um, and it's a military slash like strategic planning term. That's hmm. life. Yeah, you know. Um, and Nishi talked about you know the instability of life. Pema Chodron, the Buddhist monk, she talks about like the the impermanence of impermanence. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Here's this thing though that art is something you can control. Yeah, you can control the output. And mm-hmm. um, when I I do mentoring for Unink, which is a creative incubator for creatives, and I I often quote you and talk about um, focus on the art, but also remind people that you, if you want control of your life, there art is one of the top ways to do that because you get to decide what to make, when to make it. You know, as far if you're an entrepreneur, you know, yeah. if you're if you're, you know, a session player in Nashville, maybe not, but mm. you still get to do your thing. It's just not necessarily 100 percent on your terms. Yeah. And there's just not much in life that's like that. It's true. Yeah. The, there is a, a frightening little amount um, in life that we do control. Um, and art for me is the one thing that I have full control over. Um, I don't really have much control over the sort of external situations um but i do have control over that um yeah and it's it focus on the art is it's so much deeper than just what it's i know i love that's why i love it and i i literally i want i'm i plan on getting it tattooed on me um i plan on doing a lot with that Uh, i even i have it written in giant red letters on my easel that i paint on Hmm. um which is kind of cool because it the the you know i have my painting in it when i put it up there to work on it um 
obviously it gets covered, but the one word it kind of primarily stays uncovered, which is just focus, mm. just in giant red letters right in front of my eyes. Yeah. Um, which is also still it's a good reminder. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's so much deeper than than what it sounds like. It's it's um it's it's a way to cope with life. It's a mm-hmm. way to cope with uh just existing i mean mm-hmm. existing as a human is so strange and unpredictable and um well temporary right um, and so yeah it's i don't even know where how i came up with that or where it came from it, but it's stuck with me forever right um and i plan to i i, I plan to keep with it i plan yeah. to you know to have it on my my own tombstone you know <laughs> right yeah and, and art as a create or creativity and creation of art is a is is mystical and and material um at the same time it's it's i i i find it magical that we have these gifts as humans that we can do something that makes us fully present but also we're not there Mm. you get in that flow state or that zone i love that state yeah me too it's the best feeling ever me too yeah Yeah. and what i'm trying to what i'm trying to do is try to apply that to other areas of my life like Mm. Um, that what if it it goes back to dopamine is what if I could just extract 15 to 20% more dopamine by being present, just by being here, looking around. And I put in the, uh, the family, the family chat, the, this poem by Sarah Blondin, where she talks about like, never again, will she hold an apple and not marvel at Mm. it, at the apple and other things too. It's like, like that it's seeing life as art. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that is like the artist's eye. Yeah. I mean, um, artists, um, scientists, uh, just free thinkers, people who, you know, people who see the world differently. I mean, they, we all share that similarity, um, in, in that view. Uh, and it's, it's something that is really interesting because it's like, you know, um, there's a great show um called the genius series that it's on hulu Hmm. um uh every season is different so one season they did um on picasso um sort of like a docuseries um and uh the other one is a on uh, einstein and Hmm. the way einstein and the way picasso saw the world were very similar but they were also doing completely completely different things um but yeah it's it's uh, I I don't understand how people can walk through life without admiring how beautiful and chaotic it is. It is it, I don't understand how people can just um who how people can just yeah just it, just drift yeah just drift I th- yeah exist. I don't understand I never I never understood that um, right and and yeah I think it's important to keep that um it's important to to nurture that yeah um well there's no I mean there's there's Kronos time and Kairos time. Kronos time is like human time, like minutes and hours. And okay. Kairos time is nat- natural time. Mm. Art is Krono- Kairos time. You you may sit down and say, okay, it's 10 o'clock. And I'm going to paint yeah. or whatever. I don't know if you do it that way, but <laughs> I don't with, with writing. I have a general block of time on yep. Mondays, but um, for, for, for essay writing, but it follows the laws of nature. Mm. It doesn't, you can't force it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, if you can force it, it's probably not art. Um, if you, you know, if you, um, if you listen to outside people about when you, something needs to be done, um, then, then you, you, and you lose that, you know, that's, that's, it's, that's, it's presence unto itself, Mm -hmm. um, and to see that. And 
to see life through really, you know, you could say an, the eyes of a child or the eyes of God, which are kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, of just seeing thing through this lens of marveling. And I think this is also fascinating that art is like this too, is that we never see the same thing twice. We think we do because our brains are efficient. The yeah. same, you know, I saw you, I don't know when the last time I saw you in person, last last Wednesday, mm-hmm. you're not the same person. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, biologically, spiritually, emotionally, and I'm not the same person. Uh, you take this marble tabletop that we're sitting at, even at a molecular level, that's the level that's different than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So you apply that to everything is you better fucking pay attention yeah, because you don't know what you're going to miss. And yeah. if you start to assume that everything is the same, that looks solid is actually solid. I think that's what creates like disappointment um, in life or, or resentment or cynicism mm-hmm. that if you see that everything is changing every single day and that's what art is, it's same same to a painting. I'm sure you go back and look at something you painted, and notice something you painted it, and you still notice stuff about it that you didn't see the time before. I don't know if that's true. Oh my God, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And imagine what your your clients feel like. That's true. I, one thing that I I uh, I don't know where I heard this from, um, but it's really uh, helped me. Um, is obviously you know as the artist, I I see every little thing that I I think um, or I feel is. Uh, not really up to par with what I want to be able to do, or I see every little mistake or every little brushstroke that isn't exactly how I wanted it right. to be or whatever, but no one else sees it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I heard, again, I don't know where I heard this, but they said, try and look at your art or whatever you make um, as if it was the first time you were seeing it. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I start doing that, it, I really start to appreciate it. And yeah, it's um, you're right. I think uh, everything changes all the time. And to think that it doesn't is a little bit naive, um, but it's. I think it's where awareness comes in, um, right? To be aware of of, of everything, uh, which is also hard yeah. to be aware in this world. But um, that's where you find like the true beauty, and that's where you can really marvel at just everything, right? Um, and I think, um, I mean, your your older brother Logan, um, who is his art is food um, and art. Art. And he stuff, does yeah. other things. He's a, he has his own clothing line and. Um, and it does D and D stuff and other yeah. things. He's extremely talented, but you guys have this in common. And I, I think you must've got it from your mom. Cause I, I didn't have it, which is your meticulous. Yeah. Like your t- details matter to you related to how something like, I remember watching him when he cooked, even if he cooks at home, mm-hmm. his, pl- the plating process, mm-hmm. it's like he, you know, it's I'm just in him now. It's, it's right. Part of him. It's a part of him. And I, and again, that like attention to detail, they say don't don't sweat the little small stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think you if you're an artist, you damn well better sweat the small stuff. Like the little yeah. details make the art. Well, it's interesting because like it, something that I noticed while I was working on the painting that I was working on or that I'm working on right now for a client, which is like a Back to the Future commission, um, is you know I I am an impatient person, um, and I obviously like I'm a human being, you know. I, people can be impatient and I can too. And I wanted the painting to be done because I have so many other projects I have to do, (laughs) but I, and I, then I wasn't having fun. And the moment I started having fun was when I started focusing on the art and I started like literally pressing my face up to the canvas and getting every last pore on their skin of, of Doc and Marty, you know, and like 
really paying attention to the details and really becoming meticulous is when I actually started to care again, mm. when I actually started to feel um, like really started to have it, have fun again, right. uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, mm. it, Cause I, when I was like trying to rush it, 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 I was just like getting frustrated at myself and getting frustrated at everything else. And, and uh, at the end of the day, I just was not satisfied. Yeah. And um, that's like such a great example though, of like, the impatience is uh, uh, impatience is a um, toxic relationship with time, mm-hmm. like real time, yeah. like natural time. Mm-hmm. And so to double down on the details and that helped you rediscover something. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, one thing that I've also realized too um, is that uh, when I start becoming impatient with a painting or a project, and I start rushing through the details or rushing through things. That's when I know I need to take a break yeah. and I need to take a step back. Yeah. And then when I do that, I take 30 minutes, an hour, whatever I go, you know, hang out with Madison. I go play some video games. I go do whatever else. Um, I come back to it and I, I have that sort of is a little bit of like a, I don't know. What's the word. Um, so it's sort of a revive. Um, yeah. yeah. Renewed. Re- yeah. Renewed mm-hmm. is a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of passion again, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's sort of like a, it's a, it's a tell. It's a sign. Like as soon as I start like, Oh, this is taking way too damn long. That's when I like, okay, just (laughs) leave the room for a second and come back and you won't feel that way. Yeah. Uh, So last question here Mm -hmm. is, I think again, there's an assumption with people that are not don't identify as artists that you have to self-generate your own inspiration. Mm -hmm. So it's a simple, but, but complex question is who inspires you? Well, um, I mean, it's, it's more than who, mm-hmm. um, because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before that artist's eye and sort of, um, marveling at just the everyday normal things is I find inspiration in, in quite literally everything. Um, there obviously are a lot of people that I get inspiration from a lot of artists, a lot of makers. And I guess we'll start with that. Like who, who does inspire me? Um, I mean, for one thing, I'm not going to name anyone specific, uh, but just in general, people who who don't want to live a normal life, yeah. um, like dreamers, people yeah. who are dreamers, they inspire me. And, you know, like I think it was last night I was at um, a surprise party for for my friend and I was talking to this guy and he he's like, I just don't want to work like a nine to five the rest of my life. I'm so tired of, you know, working for someone else. And I'm like, dude, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I This is how I felt since since I was like 15, mm-hmm. you know, I, I knew this is not what I wanted to do. And so talking to people who, who have, um, who, who are ambitious and who have dreams is so, um, it's so uh, rejuvenating for me and my own dreams. It, mm-hmm. it sort of um, adds fuel to the fire, um, so to speak. Um, so just sort of like everyday people like mm-hmm. that, that they inspire me. Um, there's obviously like a few people like, um, there's an artist, his name is Sage Barnes. Um, and if you look him up on Instagram, just Sage Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S. I've, I've followed him for a long time and we've, we've talked on the phone, I think a couple of times. I've always looked up to him. He's, I think uh, he's older than me. I think he's like, I don't know, maybe 28, maybe 30, something like that. But he's, he's always inspired me just with his work, but also with his, his, his mind, his mindset on, on art and, and being an artist for a living. Um, so he, he's a huge one. Um, another artist, his name is uh, Daniel Arsham. Incredible work. I mean, 
the people that I find most inspiring have their, their foot or have their hand in every creative um, field. Like it's not just the painter that inspires me, but it's this, it's the person who, who just makes for a living. Um, which is like another, another one is a great example, which is Adam Savage, which I don't, if you don't know who Adam Savage <laughs> is, where have you been? Uh, <laughs> no, but he's, he's incredible. He's uh, he was one of the main hosts of Mythbusters, which I grew up watching, which mm-hmm. I have to, you know, pay some sort of tribute to that show and in, in sparking that sort of um, curiousness to, to everyday things and just to, to making in general. Um, Cause I love that. I still watch that show. Mm-hmm. It's cheesy and, and uh, everything, but it's, it's so good. And Adam Savage is, is one of those people that he inspires me just because uh, of, of uh, who he is and what he's done. I mean, he's worked on so many movies. He's worked on star Wars, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just makes for a living. He mm-hmm. just, he just makes, and that's my goal. I mean, like his shop is, is the ideal shop for me. I mean, it's filled there's like a section that's sort of like a museum section. I hope I really, you know, I, I, I hope I get to meet him one day and, and see that shop in person. Um, but yeah, one, part of that shop is like a museum of like his own makes um, and his own creations, but then also like people that he looks up to and, and people who are, who inspire him. Um, and then on the other side, it's just every tool you can imagine. Um, I mean, he can make anything he wants. I mean, that's a, that is, that's beautiful. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. That's like, that's the main goal in, in my life too, is to just have that space. You know, I love painting and I, I am, I, 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 I could do it every day, but it's not why I'm an artist. Like mm-hmm. I want to be, like I said, I, I want to be that artist who does everything. Um, and I always use this as an example because it's a pretty good example of sort of the extremism of, of what I'm saying is like, I want to be, you know, in a position, um, mostly financially to where I could buy a block of marble and just some chisels and just carve something. Right. You know, I can do whatever I want to do. It's really, that's, that's why I paint is so I can, I can get to that freedom. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's countless people that inspire me. I mean, you inspire me too. I mean, you're, I, I don't know um, if I would even be an artist. Like you, like you said, you and you and mom were, you, um, pretty much allowed Logan and I just to be who we were. And, you know, you always, you always supported whatever I wanted to do when I, when I wanted to be a cowboy and I wanted to be a, like a bull rider, you know, you got me a whole, whole, and that was a, when I was very young. Uh, <laughs> just last year. Just last year. <laughs> um, yeah. You got me, you know, a whole outfit. You got me like everything that, yeah. um, and then when I wanted to be, um an archaeologist i remember we went to like this coffee shop in idaho and this again a long time ago um uh, we went to a coffee shop and i got these these like archaeology books um from this dude and and then i realized how much reading is involved (laughs) in order to be an archaeologist and that passion quickly died out um i really just want to look for treasure that's all i care about but right um my point is is you guys always supported whatever you know we wanted to do whatever called to us and um, I mean, when we moved to Austin and um, at 16 and I, I basically um, I thought I thought no one could be an artist anymore. I thought all the all all the artists were dead. Mm. <laughs> um, but then I, I started to see that that wasn't true at all. And it's very much alive. And um, I was like, I want to try this. And you're like, all right. And so we went and I got some paint pens and some canvases and I did my first painting that that day. And I mean, what is it like seven years later? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, which is pretty remarkable. 
yeah. uh, that it's it's stuck this long. I mean, it, if it's stuck this long, I mean, it has to be something that is more than just a passion. Like it has to be a, a calling, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's any accident too, that your, your person is an artist and then oh, what that's done from yeah. an inspiration standpoint. It's a difference between being supportive and being inspiring, mm. you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, she, she is an amazing artist. And, you know, the one thing about being an amazing artist is most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, the people who are really great at art think that they're not. Um, and then there's the people that think that they're the, the, they're the shit and they know how to do everything, which in reality, they're like, they're not, they can't do anything. And Madison is an amazing artist. And I mean, we met on Instagram and I, I always say like, I fell in love with her art before I even saw what she looked like. Mm. And, um, and yeah, she has an amazing mind um, and can, can, I, I know she's capable of so much. Um, and that was one of the, one of the main reasons why I fell in love with her is because she also made stuff like I did. And I think that's, I, I, it's a very uh, important value to share. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, so yeah, I think um, I like what you said about just all that was cool. Um, you know, from people outside of that, I don't know that are inspiring to me. Um, David White, the poet, mm-hmm. um, or Paulo, Paulo Coelho. It's an amazing author. Um, I like, you know, I read a lot and occasionally I run across the people, the way that people can just do a turn of phrase, like Malcolm Gladwell, mm. his ability to the way he writes. Um, I, I prefer, I realize originators over curators. Like mm. I love Ryan Holiday, but he's more of a curator of ideas mm. and he's, he's a good writer, but, um, but there's others like a David White um, or a Mary Oliver or Rainer Rilke, Mary Oliver and Rainer Rilke have passed, but they're, they're um they're originators they have these these beautiful ways of originating ideas i love because you know my other kind of creative uh pursuit even though i don't do a lot of it is songwriting mm-hmm. um and so i really admire bruce springsteen as a songwriter randy rogers from the randy rogers band is a great great songwriter radney foster mm-hmm. um, dean dylan dean dylan who wrote i think 42 number one country songs wow. um I, I'm I'm always drawn to and inspired by oh B.J. Barham from American Aquarium, Jason Isbell. Mm-hmm. I'm very inspired by people, or uh, I keep thinking of other people. Logic, yeah, 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 he's good. Yeah, so he he's inspiring. Um, uh, Kendrick Lamar is inspiring. I was say him yeah, because he's it's the but it's the common thing is the and this is why you know I think about um, I think about who, who inspires me that I know. Um, you and Logan inspire me endlessly. And it's not because I want to be like, I want to be able to be a great painter or a great cook. It's that you guys don't fucking half-ass anything. Mm. Like it, you, you used well, to. I, I half-ass things that I don't care about. Right, but art <laughs> with your art. Yeah, with my That's what I'm exactly. saying. And he doesn't either. Like he, oh, he's yeah. get back to that meticulous. And I really admire people that are those little details. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like this in athletes too. Like football players and their footwork or mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant was like this, oh, his art, the yeah. art of, you know, him spending hours and hours and hours on one kind of shot because he missed it one time in a game. Well, he, he played, he played to be the best, right? He played to be the best. And he even said like, I don't, he did like an interview that I listened to recently where he was just like, I, I'm not going to really go out and shoot hoops just for fun. Like maybe yeah. when I'm older and I, you know, yeah. I, I, but if I'm going to play basketball, I'm going to do it to be the best. Right. And that's, yeah. That's, yeah. 
That's exactly. a crazy fire inside of him. Yeah, and I find um, for similar reasons, like Virginia, her she's an she's an artist. She's a podcaster and a writer, but she's most people don't know that she's an amazing photographer. I didn't know that. Yeah, and what I love is like you get to, you know, someone inspires you when they see things you don't see. Yeah. So we'll be someplace and I, I bought her a, a, a camera for Christmas um, and we'll be someplace we're in Granbury, Texas. And she's noticing things that I, I I'm a present dude. I pay attention and she's seeing things and it's like you're stealing time hmm. because I, you, I see the world and then I see the world through her eyes and I see things that she didn't see, which is why we can go back to the same place and the same experience, just daily life even. And and there, that's inspiring to me. Yeah, to to see that. Um, I mean, Madison is the same way. I mean, she. I love I love going to art galleries or art museums with her, or even like antique stores or you know vintage stores because she always points out things that I would never have looked at or right. noticed. Um, and and yeah, it's it's inspiring. You know, yeah. like I think it's you know it's one of the reasons you're in love with Virginia, and it's one of the reasons I'm in love with Madison is that you know we are in love with their their mind and yeah. in love with what they see and how they see the world and how they see even right. small things, you know, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's beautiful in, in, in a way. So. Yeah, exactly. I think two writers that I know personally that inspire me, uh, one is my former business partner, Emily, mm-hmm. and I admired about her as her consistency, but also her willingness or courage to explore the edge of what she writes about. Like yeah. she'll push and push and push and, She's got a great um, sub stack called Thought Cookies, mm-hmm. um, which I'll link to. And then also uh, my friend Bobby, um, who will be officiating our wedding um, mm-hmm. in November. He's also an amazing writer. He reminds me of like Garrison Keeler or somebody like that. That's um, He's got this sort of like Mr. Rogers artistic way of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I admire people that can tell a story. Yeah with where where you're not just downloading it you're living it Mm. i think that you know i think screenwriting is like that too where you get absorbed into like a movie or a show or or, you know a a series or something but yeah yeah i i think um i think it's important to to gather information and gather inspiration from anything you can um and that's what's going to make you uh, a great artist a great writer um a great musician um you know, it, one thing, again, I don't know where I heard this from, <laughs> That's right. Um, but they said uh, the, the, the one unique thing that you have as an artist is your taste. Um, and that's what's really going to help you find your, your yeah. audience. And, you know, and that's what you do with your work is you you sort of um, explore your own taste and yeah. what what you notice and what you see and what inspires you and. There's a lot. There's a lot of people. I mean, we could do a whole episode on people that inspire us. I mean, one uh, one I want to shout out right now is his name is Aaron, um, and he he has a Instagram. It's, it's called Moto Shears. He he makes custom like shears, like scissors for like barbers. I mean, and they they are art. They the way that they are designed, the way that they're manufactured. Um, you know, he was a he's a client. I did like one of them. Um, he was one of the first clients that uh, he basically paid me a lot of money to just do whatever I wanted. Hmm. And I'd never experienced that before. Literally a dream, a dream client. And um, we bonded and connected through this insane journey of doing this painting. And, and um, it was, uh, 
it was still to this day one of the the, the pieces that I am most proud of. Um, and he was game for every idea that I brought to him, um, even when it costed him more money. You know, it was uh, it was he just cared that I had um, basically no limits uh, and absolute freedom. And because of that, you know, like we we became, I think, pretty good friends. I mean, and he's someone that I really look up to and and someone again, it, he's living life differently. He's not he's not working just like a normal job and and just doing, you know, kind of going through life like he's he's creating a life that he wants. Hmm. Uh, I think that's really like what it goes kind of comes down to again. That's a perfect place to wrap um, because, again, it's art and life and everyone can create and everyone can create the life they want. Now, I don't say that from like a privilege standpoint. I mean, what I mean by that is we all have power in us to make things. And if you can make something, you can have a different life than you have now. Mm-hmm. That's it's sort of the universe's promise. Mm-hmm. And um, well, thank you for doing this. Yeah, It's fun as I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And for the people listening, this is pretty much how we talk when we're having dinner. Uh, we just turn the microphone on and I think we're a little more you know, less meandering. What we didn't say this time, because we'll say this each almost every time, which is this is a little off topic. And then one of us will go, there is no topic. And now we got to the point where we'll still say it. And then we'll, well, the person said this is off topic. We'll go, yeah, I know there, yeah, there's I know no topic. There's no, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we didn't do that today. It's true. All right. Well, now, so <laughs> <did>. <laughs> anyway. All right, dude. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Love you. Love you too.